awesome. So uh, I want to talk about one of the first times uh, I came to Cromwell, just quickly. One of the first times I came to Cromwell was because I was actually uh, a pretty good runner. I was, I was really good. Come the end of high school, I was that guy where if you beat me in a race, you did good. <laughs> so I was, I was really good. And the first time I came here was actually for the, the police triathlon. I decided this is something I can do. I can conquer this, and I decided I was going to do it by myself. I want to, I want to do the whole thing and, and say that I did it with, with just me, and, I, and just destroy the race. And uh, I trained for it. I was, I was good at swimming. I was okay at cycling, but I was, as I say, I was really good at running. And uh, so what happened right, was I, um, we got to the day. We did the 800-meter swim, which was out in one of the inlets out there. And then after that, I jumped on my bike. I was ready to go, but as soon as I jumped on the bike, the chain broke off. So I was like, oh no! So I had to jump off, put the chain back on, chuck it on, and then I went for riding, then I went riding again, pedaling as hard as I could. But halfway through the race, I got a, um, halfway through the cycle, um, I got a flat tire. And, and I was going uphill, and I suddenly started to, had to put a little bit of extra work into it. And I wasn't that great at cycling to start with, but now I was really not that great. It got to the point where I actually had to, to run off and, and jump off my bike and just run for the next 1,500 meters. And then after I, after I finished the cycling leg, I, I, I had now time for the running leg, which is about 5Ks. And I, as I say, I was really good at running back then, but um, man, it was a hot day. <laughs> it was a hot Cromwell day. It was sunny, the sun was out, and man, I was the driest thing alive, eh? I was, I was running, and like, instead of being like, like, I had good breathing, like, but instead I was like, oh, my, there was, there was no, there was no moisture in the air that day. I, I was afraid I was going to cut my, cut my throat or something, because it was so dry. It was, it was, it was hot that day. And uh, in the end, you know, I pretty much came last. <laughs> I got 13th place out of out of 13 individual runners, but I still beat some of the other teams, which I'll claim that, but as an individual, you know, I got, I got last place. Uh, I tried to do too many things, and I simply ended up getting last place. I knew I could do the swimming. I, I knew I could do the cycling. I wasn't, I wasn't that great at it, as I say, and my bike did fail a couple of times. Don't get a rental. And, um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, and I did the running, and, and I was good at the running, and I did well in that. But uh, another time, another time I did a race, right, I ended up doing a duathlon, which we started off, it was a, I can't remember if it was a 2K or a 4K, but we, we started off the run, and then I had a cyclist with me, and he would do the cycling part. And then once he came back, I would go for a run again, and it was about 2K. And so I did that, and uh, you know, I did the run, I ran as hard as I could, as best as I could, with the full conscious of I'd had to do this again. And then, um, you know, I can't remember what place we were, we were probably somewhere in the middle. But then I had a, my cyclist. Oh man, I loved him, eh? He was the man. He was so efficient at what he did. He was, he was one of the guys who was probably best in Otago at the time. Like, he just carved up. He, he probably got us another 15 places forward. I, I, he just destroyed. It was mean. So I ended up winning the lotto and, and, and having this incredible cyclist with me. And, and we, we went from somewhere in the middle to, to end up coming in third or fourth place. So I, when it came to the run, you know, I overtook the last couple of people, but 
as a team, we ended up going from oh, somewhere in the middle to you know now we're in now we're in second place, and it was an incredible race. Uh, how we how the both of us put our efforts together because you know he wasn't he wasn't the best runner, but he was a mean cyclist, and and I was the same. I wasn't I wasn't a great cyclist, but I, I knew I could run. So that's that's what we did, and we we did that race together. We did it strong, and it was it was awesome. Um, another thing, another another two stories I want to talk about is um, uh, in high school we had this thing called Athletics Day. I loved Athletics Day because, as I say, I was I was really good at running and I could run really quick. But after finishing this one race, right, uh, I was you know I was real stoked with myself. I was the man. I was walking back to my crew, being like, "Yo, I just got a mean placing." I just got a mean time, I'm gonna be going to the finals next, it's gonna be awesome. And I'm walking over like I'm the man, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, this bee pops up, I step on the bee, and I die. And I was falling over, and I was just like, I'm, I'm wounded, ref, recover, recover. And um, I, was, I was down, man, I was down, I was gone. I had to, went to the, went to the first aid, and I was like, oh, oh, help me out, help me out. And um, oh, man, I was, now, well, it didn't work. As an individual, you know, I was, oh man, I felt, I felt like I couldn't, I, I couldn't go on. I couldn't go on. I had to go home. <laughs> but now, you know, I'm, a lot of people know that I'm actually working with bees. I, I'm working with honey, and, and so I get, I get stung quite a bit. And, and, and how it works is, is the, we were working in the extraction room. It, it works. You know, the whole thing is based off a team concept. So you have three positions. You have the guy at the start, the person in the middle, and the person at the end. And, and the whole, the, if the first guy stops doing what they're doing, right, then it means the second person has to wait on them, and then the third person has to wait on the first guy. And if, so how, how it works is if the person at the back, the third guy, if they're waiting, then they can help speed up the person at the front by, by helping and bringing some more stuff out and, and all that. So the whole thing works as a team, and we, we try and get it done all together, right? But... Well, one time, right, I was operating the first guy. The other day, it must have been on, yeah, it must have been Thursday or Friday, but, you know, I was, I was working away, and then out of nowhere, I get, I get, uh, there, was this, there was this thing in the machine, I had to, I had to pull it out. So I, I grabbed it, right, and, and to pull it out, I had to pull quite hard. I, and, I, and in the end, I got it, but... Doing that, I got stung. <laughs> I got stung, and I was like, "Ah, oh, no!" But but this time I couldn't go. Ah, oh, man down, man down. I need to go home for the rest of the day. It was okay. I got stung, and our incredible staff has some awesome first aid, so we can you know put some stuff on it if we get stung. But I had to keep working, and I had to keep going, and it was you know because we're in a team, and, and we just got to chip away and, and get it done. And in the end, you know, we got done normal day and, and normal time, but. But you know, as a as a team, I had to pull, I had to pull my weight, I had to pull what I had, and and yeah, we got it done, and you know, we we were stronger together because of it. But um, a lot of you guys know we also had uh, Summer River this week. Yeah. Summer yeah. Revolution was an, an, an it was an incredible time where we got to pull a lot of people together, and, and a, a, a a story in the Bible that I, I really love about. Unity um, comes from Genesis 11, uh, 1 to 9. Now the whole world had one language and had a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found the plain in Sinai and settled down and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. 
Then they said, Come, let us build a city for us. Let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord says, As if one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them over the whole earth and stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because they were, the Lord confused the language over the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the earth. See, they were trying to build a name for themselves. But what I love about this, this what, what I love about what the Lord says is, as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. And what I love is that over the South Island, we had, uh, you know, we weren't trying to make a name for ourselves when we did Summer River. Instead, we were trying to glorify God. We were trying to That's bring right. people into His presence, trying to uh, see people have incredible, see young people have incredible encounters with Him. And I love it because it says if one people speaking the same language and they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. I know, but I think if we tried to do some revo by ourselves, I don't think it would have looked anywhere near as, as what it looked like. Yeah, you know, we right. had some incredible people come and, and they helped us out. And, and you know, we have a, we have a, a pretty, we've got a, we've got a working sound system. It's great. I love it. It makes our Sundays work. And, but, but, you know, it wouldn't have, wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been as, as awesome. And, and, you know, we have an incredible youth leader team. Yeah. But uh, to put it simply, our, our, our team, you know, we can, do, we can do incredible things with our team and our musicians and a whole lot of our resources. But, but simply put it, we, we, to cater for the amount of young people that we had, would, it would be, it'd be pretty hard. Yeah, that's right. It'd be pretty hard. But, but what I loved is that the entire South Island and the, even a bunch of guys from Auckland said, no, nah, we're going to make this happen. Yeah. We're going to be one people, we're going to speak the same language, achieve the same goal, and we're going to make this thing happen. That's good, Jay. That's good. That's good. So we had a handful from Auckland. We had three uh, leaders who just came and helped out, came and encouraged, came and championed our youth along. We had three incredible communicators from Auckland and Wellington. And as well as that, we had an award-winning praise and worship band, uh, Cooper's yeah. Revolution, uh, who actually got a, a vote for a music award this year. As well as that, we had, you know, we had a bunch of equipment, a bunch of resources from Dunedin. Uh, we had incredible youth groups travel all the way from Invercargill. From, we had, I heard we had a couple of people from Gore. Uh, we had people from Christchurch. And, you know, we just had people all over the yeah, South Island saying, no, we're going to get behind this event. We're going to see young people transform. We're going to see incredible encounters take place. And it was an, it was an incredible time where, where God moved. And, and in fact, one of the one of the moments that I managed to find a photo of one of these incredible moments that was able to be captured. If you could tuck that up on the screen, if yeah, I'll start Ruben. You're the man. Right down the bottom, Ruben. Right down the bottom. So we have this incredible moment right here. We have. I'll jump up. We have three of our boys getting prayed for by the pastor in Christchurch. Yeah, so cool. Having an incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit, having an incredible time, and just getting prayed and prophesied over. It was, uh, it was these are the, 
These are the images that we're working for. We're not working to, to show off what we can do, but we're working to say, oh, look, this is our God, and he wants to meet our so young good. people. He wants great, to meet, so good. meet our kids. That's right, so good. That's good. One of my, one of the, one of the incredible, oh, I'll talk about that soon. <laughs> I'll talk about that soon. But basically my point is, you know, we are stronger together. That's right. We're good. stronger when we decide, hey, we're going to partner with other churches. We're stronger when we say, oh, we're going to jump on board the vision of someone else. We're stronger when we, when we say, hey, this is what I can bring to the table. This is what I can do to help out. This is what we can do. Let's do something incredible for the Lord. That's so good. Another person, someone I want to talk about now is, um, I want to talk about, uh, one, of, one, of, well, hang on, one of the things that, that the kids learned this week is that not only are we stronger when we're together, but we're stronger when we've got God in our corner. That's right. We're stronger than when we know that actually God is with us, God is for us, and, and God will always love us. Uh, a man in the Bible who knew that, that God was in his corner was Elijah. God was a man who, who had incredible faith, who had incredible things, and he, and he did incredible miracles. One of the, the first things he did, you know, he... Um, and and in First Kings seventeen, he uh, he said to, that there will be a flood, or not a flood, sorry, there will be a, a drought, quite the opposite. As the Lord of God, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither a dew or nor rain the next years, except at my word. Now, one of the things he did was he actually said this to King Ahab. Now, King Ahab was one of the baddest kings at the time. Um, in Second Kings, or in first, sorry, near the end of First Kings, he's described as there was never anyone like Ahab, who sold himself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. Urged on by Jezebel, his wife, he behaved in the vilest manner, going after idols. So this man Elijah, first thing he does as a as a prophet is he is he goes up to the king Ahab and says, "Hey, it's not gonna not gonna rain for the next couple of years." It's not going to rain until I say it rains. And as long as my God lives, it's not going to rain. And I think I think that takes a bit gutsy. Sorry. <laughs> but um, but following that, you know, he ran. He he hid himself away. He God told him that he needed to go uh, hide by the brook, leave here and turn eastward and hide by the Keith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You'll drink from the brook, and I have directed ravens to supply you with food there. So even though it's a season where it almost seems backwards, wow, God provided a drought. God actually still provided food. God provided water. God provided the ravens. It said the ravens actually brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And as I say, he drank from the brook. He drank from the brook. But then sometime later, it says in Kings 17, 7 to 4, sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there where I have directed a woman to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came down, when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, 
I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make myself a meal and my, to make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and as you said and as you, and as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says the jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the Lord sends rain on the land. Now that drought landed that that drought that was around for three years. And it wasn't just something that, that came and, and left, but that drought land came for, for three years. And every day, the Lord provided food from the ravens, meat and bread. But when the, when the brook dried up, he said, okay, now it's, time to, now it's time to go somewhere else. Go hang out with this widow and her, and her son, and you know, they're going to provide all your, they're going to provide all your needs. And she said, oh, I've got nothing, but, but the Lord kept providing every day new flour, every day new oil. Every day the Lord kept on providing and I think, I think this is something that, that lines up a little bit with, with what's happening at the moment. Yeah, we've been a, around for, for three years, and uh, God's done some amazing provision. That's right. I know when I was, when I was here um, in 2016, thank you. <laughs> when I was here in 2016, you know, God was, God was incredible to me, I know. I know. Um, in the first three months... You know, Tilly and I, we said, okay, we're going to spend this much on groceries. And, uh, man, we didn't spend that much on groceries. For the first three months of me living here, I think I might have ended up spending about 150 on groceries alone. Uh, and that was just an incredible way that the Lord provided uh, for me personally. But I know that in this three years that, that we've been planted as a church, I know that there's been some incredible provision. Yeah, that's right. And I know that for the next three years, we're going to be having some revolution. So I know that in these three years, there's going to be incredible provision from God. But I know that at Summer River, you know, there were kids there that, that God provided for. Yeah. I know that it wasn't just, some of those kids didn't just turn up. I know that some of them would have been paid for. Some of them would have, have had incredible provision from somewhere. But it just shows what happens when we're... But I, what I love about the first part is that, you know, God provides, but then God uses someone else to provide, mm -hmm. to, to share them the miracle. He says, the miracle's not just for you now, we're going to use another family that needs it too, and we're going to provide through that. But then sometime later, you know, as, as Elijah's at this, at this house, right, the, the boy dies. And, and so the woman's just like, hey, what are you doing? What, why... I serve you, or I, I, I help bring you bread, I help bring you oil, your Lord provides, but, but what's going on? Why is my son dead? But Elijah grabs him, and he runs up to the upper room, and in that moment, uh, he, he stretches himself over, he, he, he prays over him, and, and the boy's brought back to life. Now, I believe at Summer River, you know, we saw some incredible miracles of, of people who, who, had, who, had, 
You know, they'd, they'd been dead or young people who had been dead to themselves, but they came back to life. Yeah, We're right. so young people having incredible encounters and, and being brought back to life in the presence of God. And I, I, I love that. I love that. But if we keep going, you know, Elijah still keeps pumping out these miracles. He, he calls, out, calls out Ahab, King Ahab, and he says, hey, grab your mates and come meet me. Grab all your prophets, grab all your friends, grab all, your, all the townspeople, or grab all the people of the land and come meet at Mount Carmel. And, and so they did that. They grabbed all, the, all 450 prophets of Baal, and they grabbed all the people of the land, and they, gra- they, they gathered at Mount Carmel. And, and in this moment, Elijah, Elijah challenges them. He says, here's your God, here's your Baal. I don't think he's real. Calls him out. If you, but I, I think my God's real. And they say, right, we're both going to have an altar each. You've got a cat, you've got a bull, I've got a bull. And we're going to set up an altar, we're going we're gonna to get it organized. But the trick is, is that we're going to sacrifice it, but I'm not going to light fire to it, and you're not going to light fire. We're going to let our God decide which one is going to light the fire. We're going to let our God light the fire to prove that he's evident, to prove that he's real. And um, so the prophets of Baal, you know, they're, they're like, right, we've got 450 of us as one of you, uh, we're going to smash you. So they set themselves up, they, they put the altar together, they, they get everything ready, and they, they, they start calling out, Baal, come and light the fire, come and, come and do it. And, you know, they're going on for, for some time, but then, um, you know, Elijah, Elijah starts cracking jokes at them, eh? Starts <laughs> mocking them at 1 Kings 18.27. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is God. Perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or traveling or maybe he's sleeping and needs to be awakened. Uh, and, and then he continues. So, the, so the, the prophets, you know, they try even harder. They start doing some nasty stuff to themselves. They, they start really just going hundies on, on the sacrifice and really try to, to make this thing happen, right? But eventually, you know, after they, Elijah sees that, that it's, it's getting late and he needs to make this thing happen. So he starts setting up his own altar. He he, he, he prepares the altar, he, puts, he builds it from scratch using 12, 12 stones, which represents the 12, 12, sorry, I'm up, 12 tribes. And then as well as that, he gets some sticks, he cuts in the, the bulls into, into different bits. And, and after that, he, um, he digs a trench around, around the altar. And then he, he tells the guys, all right, bring me four large jars of water and pour it on top. And the guys, you know, they, they can't think about why, the, why, would, why would anyone pour water on? And so they do that, but then they end up doing it two more times after that just to really emphasize, you know, that God's going to light the fire. God's going to do it. And so after that, after the whole thing's prepared, um, Elijah then steps back and it says, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so that these people will know you are Lord, are, you Lord are God, and that you are turning hearts back again. And in this moment, God brings fire from heaven, lights up the altar, lights it up so much that the, the, the entire trench and all the water that was in it is gone. Nothing's left. The fire has come. Everyone has gone, wow, wow, the fire's come. God is real. Baal ain't. So, uh, and what happens is, you know, they, they call out Baal and they say, right, your prophets, 
we've got to get rid of them. So they tear down all the prophets, they, they get rid of them. And then, um, so then following that, not only has, has he called down fire from heaven, but he's absolutely defeated and annihilated, defeated the, the prophets of Baal. And what I love about this story is that as, as we reflect on some revolution, you know, we have moments where the fire of God just came down. We have moments where, where kids really got to encounter the fire of God. Mm. One of my one of my favorite favorite moments in Summer Revolution was it was it was Wednesday night and, and we had Pastor Pastor Bowler from Wellington and he was speaking and at the end of it they said okay we're going to have a moment where if you want to come and, and have the Holy Spirit come uh, into your life and have the fire of God in you then then we're going to do that right now and I, I loved it because I got to see I got to see a couple of our kids respond to that mm. and there was one of our boys that went up and. And I got to, I had the, the privilege, the absolute privilege to go up and pray for him. And, and by then, by, during, during that prayer, the, um, the, the, part, the, the speaker said, hey, who wants, if you want, the, if you want to be filled with the, the Spirit of God, then start, and gave directions on, on speaking in the heavenly language. So we started praying that, that kids would speak in the heavenly language. And I, I, I had the absolute privilege, as I say, of praying for one of our boys. And, and I asked him at the end of the prayer, I said, hey, did it work? Did you end up speaking this, this heavenly language, speaking in tongues? And the boy said, yes. Awesome. I was like, man, so cool. that's why we're doing this. That's why we're in this game, to see kids connecting with the Holy Spirit, connecting with that heavenly language so that kids can encounter the Holy Spirit for themselves. Yeah. I love what, what Pastor, Pastor Sam Monk said at, um, said at Acts Conference. Said that, he said that if we're not giving kids opportunities... For them to encounter the Holy Spirit, to encounter God, then, then that's what we become. We become that source. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't ever want to be that source. Mm. I don't think Rev Shannon wants to be that source because when you become that source, um, there's, all those, there's all the faults that come with that. And I, I don't want to disappoint the kids by being imperfect because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not imperfect, but, but by showing them an, an imperfect God, perhaps they can... Live a life that's that's worthy. Live a life that, that can know Jesus. But as I just I just want to zip through the next the next couple. But um, soon after that, Elijah actually he 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 sends King Ahab away and he he finishes the drought. The the rain comes. He sends his servant away seven times. At the end of the seventh time, the rain comes. And, and as another link to summer river, you know, God really brought some rain. God really. Where there was places that was dry, you know, God did incredible things. And, and then after that, you know, Elijah went and he ran, he sent King Ahab away. But then he ran ahead of King Ahab, fast in a chariot to the, to the next destination. But then this, following that, this, this thing happened. The, the Queen Jezebel, you know, she was being like, wow, it's raining. Thank goodness for, for, for Baal, the god. And then King Ahab says, no, it was, it was Elijah. Elijah did it. Uh, Elijah and his God and, and, and all the prophets are dead. And, and she says, uh, she says, she said that, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, by this time tomorrow, I do not make his life that one of them. And you know, coming off the back of all these incredible miracles, coming off the back of all these incredible times, Elijah was struck with fear. 
Elijah was, he, he, he heard it and something in him was just like, man, I've got to get out of here. I've got to run. So he, he ran and he, he, he even, uh, his, his servant was, was with him at one point and he, now he said he sent his servant away and then he, he ran to, to go be by himself and, and, and in this time, you know, he's, he's done all these incredible miracles for God. God's been faithful. God's been with them. God never let him down, but but the the thing was is that I think I, I think Elijah thought that he was going to have a complete victory that day, that he was going to have an overwhelming victory that day, but but there was still something that that didn't quite work the way that he wanted it to. And, but while he was you know while he was waiting, uh, the Lord continued to be faithful. He provided food for him. And then we know this, we, a lot of us will know the story about how Elijah, you know, he was, he was struggling and then uh, he, God came to him and he said, Elijah, what are you doing? And I'm, sorry. And Elijah replied, I have been zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Lodulites have rejected your covenant, torn down the altars, and put up prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and they are now trying to kill me too. But then God says, go up to this place, for the presence of the Lord is going to come past. And all of us will know, an incredible wind came past, but God wasn't in the wind. And then an incredible earthquake came past, but, but in saying that, God wasn't in the earthquake, and, and an incredible fire appeared. You know, we know that we know that Elijah called fire from heaven before, but but God wasn't in this fire exactly. And, and then suddenly, in the in the small whisper, in the small whisper, God appeared. And when he he said, Elijah, what are you doing here? And again, Elijah said, he covered his face and he, he, he said, I have been zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with your sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. But in this moment, the Lord said, hey, I got people, you still got work that I need you to do. I got people that I need you to anoint. And I got this guy, Elisha. I need you to I need you to, to teach him how to be a prophet. I need you to, to go over to this guy, to, the, to go over to Elijah, anoint him, and he's gonna he's gonna be a prophet after you. So he does that and he also says, Yet still I have seven thousand in Israel who whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouth has not kissed him. See, I think in this, I think with this, you know, Elijah had in, incredible miracles, but, and he had God by him. Sorry, God was in his corner. We know that God was faithful because God was still providing food, even when God, even when Elijah was in hiding for the, for the second time. But as well as that, I think, I think what Elijah needed was he needed some people around him. He needed people like Elisha that, that he could encourage. I love what. I've, I've heard it many times, but serving opens the doors to, to new opportunities. And, and by Elijah being able to anoint Elisha and say, hey, 
let's let's go let's go take the kingdom. I think Elisha, I think that deep I think that was something that allowed Elisha to Elijah to keep going. Mm-hmm. I think having someone beside him to encourage him and to, to be an encouragement too, I think that's that's part of what what stirred Elijah. See, Elijah and Elisha were stronger together. Just like when we had our, our, our summer river, you know, we were stronger together. Yeah, that's great. And some of us, you know, I, I don't want any of us to walk away from summer river being like, wow, God was, God was doing miracles over here, but come away from summer river or come away from an incredible experience, incredible miracles and go, okay, I still got my issues to deal with. I still got problems that, that I got to deal with. I know for me, I've got... I got a I got a heap of flights that I got to deal with at the moment. I got to buy 10, 10 different plane tickets uh, to go to Auckland for my block course, and, and you know God's going to provide a miracle for that. But <laughs> but uh, you know that, that's something in my personal world that I've still got to I've still got to work for. That's not going to disappear. I've still got to I've still got to go hard on that. But what I need is is people who can encourage me around that. Yeah. People who can continue to pour into me and say, Hey, look. God did miracles over here, so God can do miracles over here. That's right. That's good. One that's of the good things job. that actually happened with me over over summer revolution was actually uh, I had been praying for a car for over since it must have been October. I've been God. I, I need a car. I need a car. And I was telling people shamelessly, Hey, I need a car. Can you pray for me? Because I know that for for what I'm going to do this year as uh, internship with the Needham, and and I just I need people or I needed people around me to pray for that because I need to do a lot of driving for my internship. So come come Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday during internship, I get a call from someone from Deneen saying, "Hey, we're going to buy your car." Wow! And then come the thirtieth wow. or the thirty-first, it's actually going to turn up at our doorstep. Uh, wow. A new car that God's provided. So good. See, if God can provide then, if so God can do a miracle then, then, then He can do a miracle now. That's so right. good. See, a lot of our, a lot of our youth, you know, they've they've come out of Summer Revo, and they've done incredible things. But but I think we still need to get beside them. We still need to encourage them. We That's still right. need to tell them, hey, God did an incredible miracle over here. Let's do an incredible movement. Let's do another incredible miracle. Yeah, it's good. So what I liked about Elisha is that come come the end of Elijah's time, Elijah kept on saying, he said, stay here. The Lord has sent me to this location. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And then the same thing happened to Jericho. The same thing happened to Jericho. Hey, I've been called to Jericho. I'm going. Nah, I'm staying with you as long as the as long as as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you. And the same happens in Jordan. As surely as as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I won't leave you. I think we need people in our lives who are like that. He says, as long as you live and as long as the Lord lives, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to stop encouraging you and reminding you of, hey, remember the time you brought fire down from heaven. Yeah, well, let's do that again. Let's see something incredible happen. And by the end of one of the, the last miracles that Elijah actually did was he, he was walking with Elisha. And, and, and we all, Elijah knew, Elisha knew, everyone knew that that day that, that Elijah was going to be taken up to heaven. But the last miracle that he did was he, he, took, his, he took his cloak and he put it down in the water 
and then he split the Jordan River in, in half, just like how they did it when, when Moses crossed the when Moses crossed the sea, and, and, and the Israelites, he, he split the Jordan River, and so they walked through there, and then following that, when they crossed, in, in two Kings two nine to ten, when they crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, "Tell me what I can do." For before you, before I am taken from you, or tell me, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, "Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit." Elijah, Elisha replied, "You have done a difficult thing," Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it'll be yours. Otherwise, it will not. So Elisha stuck by him. Elijah was there all the way until Elijah, Elijah was, Elisha was with Elijah all the way until Elijah got taken up to heaven. All the way he was with him, all the way he stuck by him, he encouraged him, he kept challenging him, till eventually Elijah got taken up to heaven. And as he did, and when he did, he kept his eye, he tried, he did his best to keep his eyes on him. And then afterwards, after Elijah was taken up to heaven, the, the only thing that was left was his cloak. So Elisha picks up his cloak, he takes it, and he walks back to the, re- back the, the direction that he came from. And he walks, part, he walks over to the Jordan River, and he grabs the cloak, and he slaps it down on the river again, just like Elijah did. And the river parts, and he walks through the, ri- he walks through the Jordan River, just like Elijah did. And then, see, here's the thing, though. All the prophets, there was 50 prophets at the time, and they, they, saw Eli- they saw Elijah do it, and now they saw Elisha do it. Mm-hmm. See, Elisha, and, and what I love is that though Elijah is gone, Elisha has a whole bunch of prophets around him now. They recognize the authority. They recognize that Elisha is the new prophet. That Elisha has the same spirit that Elijah had. That Elisha has the power to do miracles, has the power to hear from God. And I love it though because Elisha, in the end, he's not alone. And in the end, he does double the amount of miracles that Elijah does. He does more than what Elijah does. But in saying that, Elijah Elijah made a way for Elisha to do something great. That's what I love. I love how the two got together and together they were stronger. It wasn't just Elijah doing an incredible thing. It was Elisha and Elijah doing... See, one of the things that was great about what Elijah did is that he actually got rid of a whole lot of prophets of Baal. The people knew that that, that God was the God. And during that time, a whole bunch of prophets actually rose up. Mm. It even got to the point where... King Ahab, after hearing from, from Elijah, and after hearing from the king of Judah, he actually consulted in his last battle over 400 prophets. Now, a lot of them were false prophets. They were still serving God, but they were, a lot of them were false. And, and only one prophet really spoke what God said. But the thing was, is that there were people in the land. The king was consulting prophets. Elijah had made a difference. Now he had made a platform for Elisha to stand on. The two were stronger together. Mm-hmm. And I believe there's a whole lot of people that, that we can call out, that we can train up, that we can encourage, that we can say, hey, can you, uh, hey, 
I want to make you into an Elisha. I want to make you into someone who can do more than what I can do. Yeah. And so more than, than what we can do. And, and I, love, I love the unity in that. But the thing, what I, one of the, thing, one of the, some of the last points I want to make is you've got Jesus, right? And Jesus goes on this big fast by himself. He goes there 40 days and 40 nights, and, and during these three times, he gets, he gets tempted by the, the devil in all these different ways. He, he has this incredible, I'm sure during this time, you know, Jesus had some incredible revelations. I'm sure he had some, some miracles happen, but he got tempted, and then he came out of that 40 days. And, and I love what, what my friend Matt Bruce put it as. You know, he came out of that season, and one of the first things he did was, right, I ought to grab some people beside me. I ought to grab 12 disciples. I've got to grab some friends so I can train up. I've got to grab some people who I can have because I don't want to do this thing alone. I don't want to do this thing by myself. I need some people who I can encourage and can also encourage me. I need some people around me who I can be stronger together with. So they go on this big three-year adventure. They go on this time and he trains up these disciples. He, did, he creates incredible friendships with them. And they even have this, but in the end, you know, Jesus gets crucified. And, and, and some of his closest friends, the disciples, you know, they were meant to be an encouragement. They were meant to be there by his side, but a lot of them ran away. Even Peter denied him three times. Three times he denied him. But, you know, after the three days... Jesus came back to life. We all know that Jesus came back. Jesus came back to, to, to pay for our sins, to, so that we could live in a relationship with him, so that we could be stronger with him, so that he can be in our corner, right? Yeah, that's good. But at the end of the... After the, the third time, the disciples, encounter, the disciples encountered him again after Jesus came back to life and... And I love how, how John puts it in, in John 21. See, Peter that morning, or Peter that night, and a few of his friends thought, hey, I'm just going to go out fishing. I'm just going to go out fishing. You know, I don't know what to do with myself at the moment, so I'm just going to go out and go fishing. But then the same way that, that Jesus met Peter, he yells out, hey, because Peter hadn't caught any fish that night. He yells out, hey, Peter, why don't you try fishing on the other side? And they go from catching nothing to once again catching an incredible load. And then from there, they come back to shore. And what I love about this is, this is something that, that, we, that, that, that one, of our pastors, uh, one of our pastors in Bible college took us through. And you know, from this, you know, we have... The, the God that we hear that is the God of might, the God of power, the God of strength, the, the God who was the, the word at the beginning and the word at the end. You know, we hear all that at the beginning of John. But then John paints this beautiful picture of Jesus is the guy who's on the beach making fish and bread underneath a charcoal fire at sunrise. He's the God who just wants to be your mate. He's the God who just wants to be your friend. As, as Pastor Steve would often say, He just really likes you. He just really likes you. 
because he knows that you can be stronger with him. So they get off the boat, they come have breakfast with Jesus. And I, and I was at a, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a, uh, well, not a, not a couple of weeks, last weekend I was at a, a church conference with Dunedin and, and Pastor Will talked a similar thing and he said, you know, at this moment, Jesus was reminding them of the miracles. He was reminding Peter how they met the miracle that they first went through, but then the breakfast that they had, fish and bread. Sounds familiar, they had fish and bread. Remember that time when, when Peter and a bunch of his mates thought, hey, uh, we're really tired, we want to go home. Um, let's come up together with a plan so that we can stop Jesus from preaching, so that we can all go home and, and hit the hay, so that you know we've been, we've been having a big weekend. And, and Jesus says, hey, why don't you make the miracle? Why don't, why don't you provide lunch for all these people? And from there, you know, Pete, they, they come up with a plan and they go, oh, we've only got, we've only got five loaves and two fish. But Jesus used that five loaves and two fish and he brought an incredible miracle that, that fed 5,000 men and, and, and what some of the commentators would say would be up to 15 to 20,000 people. They fed an incredible amount with just five loaves and two fish. And, and here's Jesus on a sunrise beach reminding them of the miracle, saying, hey, I was, I was there with you guys. We did an incredible thing. And he reinstates Peter. In John 21 to 15 to 17, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, son of, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know what I love? You know that I love you, Jesus said. Feed my lambs. Or, he said, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus then said, Feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time, he said to Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all these things. You know that I love you. And he said, Jesus, feed my sheep. See, Jesus was commissioning Peter saying, hey, I know what had happened, but, but I still believe in you, Peter. I still believe that there's strength in our unity. I still believe that you're a rock in which I can make my church grow. I still believe in the, the miracles that can happen. I still believe that we're stronger together, that we're stronger with God, but, but we're also stronger as people, as friends, as people who want to do life, we're, we're still stronger together. So I'm just going to pray and finish up, and I'll pass it back to Pastor Ray, but if everyone could just close their eyes. Thank you, God, that you are with us. You're a God who unites us. That, Lord God, that I thank you for the, the week that we've just had with Summer River. That we've seen incredible miracles happen. We've seen incredible things take place. But I, I pray that we're able to champion one another along. That we can remember the miracles that take place. That we can remember the encounters that took place. Lord, your word says that as one people, impossible things can happen. And we saw impossible things, but, but let this be the first of impossibles. 
Let there be many more impossible things in this church to happen. Let there many be incredible encounters in this church to happen. Let us be able to pull one another aside to say, hey, I believe in you. Let us have our Elijahs, but let us have our Elishas that we can encourage and that can encourage us. Let us not be a people that are, that are, that are individuals, but let us be unified, Father. I thank you, Lord, and in your name, amen.